Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising, and we're not doing it by further fighting or depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. We infuse the sacred with the logic, spirit with embodiment, feminine with masculine. And here we strengthen by becoming sovereign and whole. In doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Visit sarahpoet.com today to find my archive of episodes, grab your free download of Masculine Feminine Money, and schedule your 15-minute discovery call with me to identify your next steps for your sacred remembering journey. I love supporting you. Now, let's begin. Hello, hello, good people. This is Sarah Poet. I am so happy to be here with you today. The, the numbers of the podcast just keep going up. And I love that, you know, I've been doing this for about two years now, actually. And, um, it is a labor of love and I am so, so glad that this podcast lands with you in a really effective way. You know, I, I keep hearing things like, um, this isn't just a podcast. These are teachings. This is, uh, these are transmissions and, um, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for getting me. And, uh, I'm so glad that what I'm putting out there is helpful to you on your journey of reclamation, reunification. Um, and so we have a new review. Um, I love this. It's short and sweet. Thank you so much, Coach Visionary, for leaving this on Apple Podcasts. Love Sarah and her work. She's an A-plus thought leader for a golden age. Wow. 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 So thank you for leaving the review. Y'all can do that on Apple, Spotify pretty easily. Thanks for that reciprocity. I really appreciate that energetic exchange, letting me know what this podcast is doing for you. So I am happy to do it and keep doing, doing it when I know that that is true. So today, today I, I have a lot of women coming to me to work on their relationship with the masculine. And that makes me celebrate that there are so many women who are waking up to, okay, yeah, yes, we have to reclaim the feminine. And then we have to get right with our relationship with the masculine. I've talked about this on this podcast. I talk about this a lot in my work, in my TEDx. So I'm seeing it. I'm seeing women saying, you know what? I got to get that masculine, um, inside of my entrepreneurship so that I can hold a bigger space. Um, I'm hearing women say, you know what? I still have this residual anger at the masculine. I really want to move through this and be in a space of love. Just this week, um, I've had so many women fill out the waitlist form for the program, fall in love with the King, um, <laughs> which I tried to launch in May. And so maybe I was just a little bit early there. Um, what we ended up doing 
was modifying that into a pretty advanced temple space for some who have been um, walking with me for some time. And so we just did a modified version of that. But now I'm seeing more women saying, oh yeah, I need to heal my relationship with the masculine, which makes so much sense, so much sense. Energetically, I have gone through really, really massive um, layers of a new integration of a union frequency. I feel like I can even hear it in my voice. You all may be able to hear it in my voice, um, embodying this new union frequency um, that's, that's really, really special. And not quite ready to talk about that because there's a lot in the etheric that I'm still, um, I would say anchoring and coming to understand, but what this does show me is that these things combined my own experiences, women coming forward is that it's, it's a big, big time for union. Um, and it's, this starts within, this starts within. So today's episode will actually be really helpful for you if you are wondering about the relationship with the masculine, wondering where we are with men. Um, it's actually a modification of a talk that I'm delivering for Advaya. And this podcast recording is actually a little bit of a rehearsal for me personally um, while I get that together um, in preparation for Advaya. And I thought, you know, why waste a perfectly good outline? I'm going to share it with you all as well. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's not actually a linear outline. It's more like bubbles on a page, you know, connected with lines. It's an idea map. How about that? Um, and, and yet it is organized. And so I'm going to deliver that here on the podcast because it's really great information. And my goal with this is really to meet you where you are. Although I know that's pretty, um, difficult for me to meet everybody exactly where they are when I'm just delivering information like this to a wider audience. <clears throat> Excuse me, I can't pause on on the um, app that I'm using to record the intro here. So I've got a little scratchy voice. Um, so I want you to know that it is my heart's intention that this information meet your heart. That I'm not saying anything here today that, you know, I'm not saying you have to be different or your process has to be different. And so if I'm talking about things that sound lofty or ideal, I'm talking about things that I know are possible because I've lived them, primarily because I've lived them, some because I just have high hopes for, for us as humans. But, you know, in, in talking about reunification and women coming back into their hearts in relation to men and things like this, I know that there is still a lot of pain and I'll address that. Um, and so I'm not dismissing that. So it's a both and, okay? I know that there's still pain and trauma to absolutely work through. I mean, as a collective, we've got a lot. What I find as really hopeful is that we are showing up in a different way, showing up and willing to like rumble, as Brene Brown says, with this information now and willing as women to do this integration work within ourselves, which 1000%, I know beyond a doubt, changes the world, changes your world, first of all, and then changes the world. So that's why I, I'm, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm giving this information in this podcast and uh, to the group in Advaya. 
And yeah, it's a, it's a whole course on reclaiming wild feminine. Um, that's what the course is called wild feminine. And I, so I am one class out of 12 weeks and there are incredible teachers, um, in this lineup, but I was you know, asked to be a part of this weekly topic on feminine and masculine. Now they say balance. I don't actually say balance because it's not balance. It's integration, um, which is a, probably a whole hour talk in and of itself. But to talk about the feminine and masculine with a group of women, and maybe this is, you know, maybe this is us collectively that, that is becoming more comfortable reclaiming the feminine but we still have so ma- so much masculine related trauma that to also say hey we need to we need to heal this masculine side as well you know that's something that like if i were on a stage i could get rotten tomatoes right <laughs> like there were, maybe some of us are ready for that and maybe some of us just fucking aren't so um just hear me out uh no rotten tomatoes today please and um my intention is certainly heartfelt um, and so here's what I want to offer. If, if this information, um, sparks you, lands with you, pisses you off, you know, brings questions up in you, I want to offer that. I'm going to be doing, um, three calls every week to listeners to the podcast where you hear something and, and you're like, what's my next step, Sarah? I, I want to talk this out. I want to identify my next step on my journey to, to my personal truth, to my feminine, masculine integration to my embodiment. I want to just jam with you for 15 minutes. So 15 minutes, totally free. Okay. And no obligation. And I'm offering this so that we can jumpstart your next steps. So you can go to sarahpoet.com backslash book and go ahead and book that 15 minutes with me. I think it's called a discovery call or some, some language like that on there. Um, but 15 minutes with me, um, free of obligation, free of charge so that you can identify your next steps. Maybe you decide to move on working with me in a private session or in one-on-one, you know, call it coaching, call it shamanic priestess, um, mentorship. It's, it's all of those things, you know, we do the magic. Um, and so that's there and available, but if you'd like to chat, let's chat. Okay. Time is now for connection. And then just one quick reminder that we also have the sacred remembering membership that is now open and beginning to thrive. And the conversations there are very, very rich. We have, um, by bi- weekly calls, live calls with the community, then we have a library archive, okay? Everything I've made in the last three years I've put in this one place for modern women waking up to the truth of who they are, bringing together feminine and masculine. There are so many topics, so many representations of the topics, um, even courses inside of this library. Um, and then we also have a mighty networks community where we chat with one another and get to know one another there and where you can ask for help and, and get opinions. You know, we just had someone ask some questions about like, Hey, I'm, I'm dating this guy and I'm losing my voice and you know, I need, I need some feedback. Right. Then she worked herself through it, but it's like, yeah, it's so good to have a women's community. So all of your favorite topics from the sacred remembering, uh, podcast are, are there and in the membership. And then we, we sit together in sacred space, um, twice a month, at least twice a month. And then, and then I add things as well. 
um, in November, the topic is going to be prosperity. And I'm feeling coming through a prosperity practice, like a daily prosperity practice that I will be introducing and that we will be doing, do a 30 day practice around that. And, um, that it will be really rich, get it? Prosperity, rich, get it? So, um, I would love to see you in the membership. I'd love to get to know you better. And you can find that at sarahpoet.com as well. So thank you for being here. And, um, I'm going to grab my notes and start a new clip and we are off. All right, so we are going to start with a couple of reflective questions. And if you have a pen and paper, go ahead and grab it. And if you just want to do this in your head, if you're like walking or driving, that's fine too. And I want you to answer with just words, not full sentences, concepts, stories, but words, okay? Three words per question. First things that come to mind, okay? So first question is what three words do you associate first off when you hear the words masculine and masculine leadership? Okay, three words. So you have those, right? They could have, they could be positive. They could be negative. They could, they could be, we associate a lot of different things with masculine and masculine leadership. Okay. Um, all right. Next question. The top three words, first three words that you want from man or masculinity. Three words. All right. So now I want you to compare the quality of those two lists of those six words, right? So first, what do you associate with masculine and masculine leadership, like very top of mind? And then what three things do you want? And I think for most women, there's a split right there. It's like, this is what I experience of the masculine, but then here's what I want the masculine to be. So there's a longing in the heart of women, you know, and of the feminine perhaps, um, that we want an expression of the masculine that maybe we feel is lacking. Just check and see if that's for you. If you've been doing a lot of work on healing your relationship to the masculine, then maybe those two groups of words were, were closer off. So now I want you to think of the top three words that you associate with divine masculine or sacred masculine. And just let those come to mind. So again, maybe there's some overlap with what you've already done, but maybe this is new. So I would say... (laughs) Uh, simply and profoundly, that your job is to do whatever it takes as a woman so that you're looking at all of masculinity through this lens of how you associate sacred masculine, divine masculine. And if you don't even know yet you know, what that means to you, like what are the qualities of the sacred masculine and divine masculine, this is actually where I tell women to start. Okay, when they're reclaiming and they've had so much masculine trauma and they're so angry at 
at men and relationships and all of those things, and they want to get right with the masculine, you actually need to go to this concept of sacred and divine masculine first. And so if those kinds of words are like, you know, ever present, presence, abiding, provision, love, you know, strength, uh, trustworthiness, those kinds of words, then your job, quote unquote, is to get right with the masculine such that you see all of the masculine that way. Now, that's a really big thing I just said, because that could take years, obviously. Okay. That's the journey though. That's the journey. It's like remembering in us, evoking this, what is true for me about the masculine? What do I want? What do I, what do I want to see on this planet that maybe I'm not seeing as much of (laughs) as I'd like to see? Okay. And then instead of being cynical about that or, you know, victimy or pessimistic or, or those kinds of wounded feminine behaviors, how can you begin to cultivate that relationship in your heart? And that is way more powerful than you might imagine in this moment. Okay. But, but that is the beginning. That is the beginning question. Okay. So I want to talk about three topics, three major topics in this talk today. Okay. One, masculine related trauma in women and where that comes from and what's going on. Okay. And I'll tell you when I'm transitioning. Um, two is going to be like, what's going on with men right now. Okay. And then three, what is our role as women in unity consciousness? Brothers, I understand that you are listening to this podcast too. I love that. Oh my gosh. Shout out to my, my friend and new client's father who left the Mormon church, I believe he left the Mormon church like entirely and has listened to every episode of my podcast and talks about my work. Like brother, brother, you are my inspiration right now. Oh my gosh. All week long, more than you know. Okay. So shout out, shout out moment there. All right. So I I don't even know your name, but I, I just love you. Okay. I love, I love that we've got this thing going here. Thanks for being here. I think, you know, (laughs) energetically we're changing something on the planet. All right. Mormon father listening to the sacred remembering podcast. So brothers, I know you're here. I am so grateful that you're here. And the majority of my audience is women. I don't even like the words my audience, the audience to this podcast is women. And so, um, and, and the majority of the people that work with me to come out of a trauma association with with patriarchy and masculinity um, and and moving forward into sovereignty. The majority of them are women. I am always happy to um, to talk to you and to serve any human. Um, okay, so this is all really going to be framed as if I'm talking to women. Please um, forgive me. All right. So topic one. Actually, I don't know if I finished my thought. Topic one masculine-related trauma in women. Topic two, what is going on with men right now? Topic three, what is women's role in unity consciousness on the planet right now? So, you know, beyond masculine-feminine balance, let's talk about unity consciousness. That's what I'm interested in. Okay. All right. So, 
many, many layers. Here we go. Topic number one, masculine related trauma in women. We know that we have it. We know that it's there. We know um, that there is an immense amount of suppression of the feminine going on. Um, In the Advaya course, there have already been weeks on suppression. And so I'm not going into that in this talk, but deep, deep acknowledgement of that. Okay. Um, You may have heard me speak before about the consumer program, um, which is the systematic siphoning of the feminine. Okay, in a in this patriarchal concept that we've been living in, there is this, you know, um spoken or unspoken, there's this assumption that feminine energy is just up for grabs. People can just take it. Okay. Um, you know, and, and this is all over the place. So, you know, a woman's body is not her own. She doesn't get to make her own decisions, um, that belief. Um, We can just take from the earth and strip the earth's resources, that belief. That's the consumer program. Um, And then, you know, down to, yeah, like a, a woman's body resources, but but also just on the daily, a woman's time, a woman's life force energy. Does she have to give it away to everyone else around her? Or, you know, is her life force energy her own? Does she know that she can cultivate her life force energy and have more of it? Does she know that she can set boundaries around that? Okay. All of that is what I call the consumer program where we have lived inside of a you know thought matrix that has said you can just take and so we as women in women's bodies have lived the consequences of this separation matrix of this dominator matrix that has said your resources are not your own and now we're waking up and we're like wait yeah they are yes they are, and they're valuable, and the feminine and the energetic is valuable. Um, and so that is is just this deep and systemic trauma that we've got um, in the collective that as women take back their energy, and this is where I start talking about sovereignty, right? Like, this is what sovereignty is. When we know that our energetic resources are our own, when our feminine, masculine are our own, our time and energy are our own. And then we just, it just is. Okay. And the more we stand in that, the more we're sovereign. Okay. And then we also have this major trauma of a separation from a true masculine. So in our culture, And in our religions, even now, some of us have experienced a very positive experience with religion. Others of us have experienced religion as very, very patriarchal, very, very um, taking and shunning of the feminine. Okay. And, and yes, I do believe that it was uh, systematically set up to do that. So in that, we have been separated from the true masculine because let's just look at religion for a minute. Let's just look at this. I was uh, brought up um, in a small town Methodist church, lots of, um, you know, confusion there between like, you know, God being benevolent, God being a dominator, people being racist. I mean, it was like very confusing, right? So, okay. So, 
God itself was presented to many of us as a man who thought that the feminine was less than, that women were less than, that women were dominion. Fuck, that pisses me off just to say it. Doesn't it piss you off just to say it, just to think it? So we have been divided from the benevolence of the Holy Father, divine grace itself. Like we haven't been able to trust the masculine aspect of creation. So to me, all of creation is masculine and feminine. You know, I was having this conversation with my 12-year-old son yesterday about, um, you know, Catholicism saying the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and that being the Holy Trinity. Well, how are you going to make babies there, right? Father, Son, Holy Ghost? No, no, I'm sorry. It's Holy Mother, Holy Father, Divine Child. That's a trinity, okay? So, yes, ba-boom, restored, right? So, the trinity was this benevolent Holy Father, benevolent Holy Mother, by the way, still is, is resurging, is resurrecting. That's why we're having these kinds of conversations now. And so that that benevolence we haven't known because we as women were busy wondering if we needed to defend ourselves or submit ourselves, you know, in the name of this like um, representation of God. But that representation of God as dominator or God as uh, tyrant even, or, you know, is false. So, it's it's so mixed messages in what religion has given us. And so, we are remembering, okay, this is why the podcast is called Sacred Remembering, because we know that we inherently have a connection to source. We know that we are the an aspect of the divine child we know that we have inherent rights to love to wholeness right and so part of the walk of remembering is is also for me resurrecting that benevolent father that benevolent mother okay that that we were cut off from and in believing and knowing that that we have direct access to source we do we, we don't have to step into the walls of a church and have a priest to tell us. We don't have to, you know, find a guru. We have direct access to source intelligence because we are connected to source intelligence. Okay. In other places, I teach that, that connection and how to see it in the architecture. You can cultivate it. So, so we're remembering the true masculine. Now, as women, by by asking ourselves this question, like I said in the beginning, what is the sacred masculine to you? What is the divine masculine to you? What, what was God represented to you and what do you wish it had been? Where did it feel like a controlling father that you couldn't trust? And, and what would a completely trustworthy benevolence of a masculine feel like? Right. And so you start to ask these really big questions and then you start to reframe the energetics. You start to, um, like recreate the energetic patterns. And the energetic patterns were traumatic from this separation matrix. And then we begin to, to like 
draw new connections, draw new definitions, and we begin to live into those connections and definitions into our hearts. So, we're also coming to know the true masculine, you know, um, on an archetypal level. And then we actually, hmm, let's talk about the true masculine, right? And, and we can't talk about that without talking about projections. So, as a woman who's waking up to the oppression of the feminine, reclaiming her feminine, she wants to know the masculine. She wants to know the masculine. She wants to um, have an experience of that. And so, the very first place that she's going to look very, very naturally is she's going to look to men. And she's going to jump jump on the twin flame train. She's going to jump on the soul union train, right? And that's totally normal. Totally did it. Um, it's, it's like the way we, the way we do things. <laughs> and, and she's going to look to men and she's going to say, show me the sacred masculine. And, and she's going to look for a man who's like, quote unquote, done his work. And she's going to look and say like, is he safe? Is he safe? And is he safe? Cause she's got masculine trauma in her body. Right. And, and in her mind and in her associations with the masculine. And so, if she's still has not um, cleaned those up, then she's going to begin to look for that true masculine through a projection onto a human. And it's just so natural. Later on, I'll talk about why a that's not even fair and b like men men can't do that. But I've also said before on this podcast, you know, I don't want to I don't want any man to look at me and say, "Are you the full expression of the sacred feminine?" Well, the answer is no, absolutely not, right? I'm a human. I'm fallible. I've got shadow. I've got stuff I'm still working out. It's like we're on a path. And so women, we have to stop putting so much pressure on men to be the sacred masculine for us. It's it's just not fair. It's just not practical. And that kind of projection is actually going <laughs> to, you're going to get your ass kicked. I know because I've done it. Okay. So projections are when we have a need of the masculine based in the trauma that we have had. And then we go about looking for safety. And we go about looking for safety in relationships. And it's so normal. And this is happening in the subconscious. So sometimes we can kind of like be smart about our patterns. Um, sometimes it's so in the subconscious and there's so much like fuckery in the subconscious, you know, we can't really make sense of it. So, you know, all right, I'm going to share a big example here, actually. Um, don't think I've talked about this on the podcast yet. So, I had, I was a high-functioning woman, right? Like, school principal, mother, primary income earner in the household. Like, I had it together, right? <laughs> By those definitions that society puts in front of you. Like, that's what I had, had strived for. And then... When I had decided to um, start Embodied Breath, or actually I didn't decide, Spirit told me, you're going to start this and it's going to be called Embodied Breath. And I walked toward that and eventually, you know, left teaching and being a school principal altogether and then stepped into the space of um, entrepreneurship. Well, as that happened, 
three things with three different men like coalesced in this fucking tornado of man trauma. (laughs) Okay. And of course, these patterns existed in my life prior to that, but I was just like, you know, when you're inside of the, you know, quote unquote, like the matrix, um, then you can almost function better sometimes. Like if you're asleep, (laughs) I can't believe I just said that. Okay. So when you're starting to awaken, then you're going to have to deal with the subconscious material. Okay. And so I was functioning and I had to discover that there was mm, so much undealt with material underneath. And I think that's going to happen when we step onto these roads of soul entrepreneurship. This is why I am here and available for you if you are starting your entrepreneurship journey, because your soul uh, shit is going to come up. Okay. You're going to have to be with your soul because your soul has an agenda for you. My soul had an agenda for me that I would experience a union in this lifetime on all levels. That's a really big life mission. Okay. I'm not even kidding you. And I didn't know that then. I did not know that then. I thought soul union was just something I was going to like, you know, find my way to in relationship and it was going to be blissful and there's going to be sacred sex and I was going to resurrect like, you know, Magdalene and Yeshua's work and all this stuff. And it was just going to be peachy. Well, that's not how it worked. Okay. Um, Because I still had this unresolved masculine trauma. And so the way the soul is going to work you is that it's going to show you, okay, well, now this part's unresolved. Now this part's unresolved. And that can be painful, embarrassing, seem like a waste of time, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's fucking heartbreaking because you get into these um, situations where you're like, okay, I'm on the right track. Um, and then, you know, something is revealed that is the subconscious material where you're like, oh gosh, I have to integrate that in me. Okay. And so I've had lots of practice projecting onto the masculine and then having to, having to integrate or having the opportunity to integrate. But in, um, in 2017, I was given embodied breath and then I start walking toward it. And then when I leave my career, okay, masculine boss, huge episode of misogyny and, um, and yada, yada, I won't go into it. Okay. All right. Then masculine partner, I'm saying masculine, but I'll say male boss, male partner bolts because, you know, he sees courage and, and, um, you know, I don't need to explain that behavior, but he bolts. I'm not for him anymore. Okay. Uh, we had a really, really deep connection. And then, um, my father pops back into the picture, um, in such a way that I felt extremely threatened. Now, the fear and trauma lived in my body. I was very high functioning, like I said, but the fear and trauma lived in my body. And when my father started to reach out and I'll say, you know, verbally attack, he did some public shaming on um, Facebook. Um, Then there were like text messages. And then I heard about some episodes uh, between like him and other people from a cousin of mine. And I went into an utter fight or flight, like beyond, um, 
I was going to say beyond anything I've experienced, but that's not even true. Um, I went into such fight or flight that the trauma memory was in my body such that I thought I could die. And I honestly thought my father could kill me. I thought I would be attacked. I thought he'd be coming for me. I didn't know what he was capable of. This fear lived inside of me at various times. I I asked myself if I could be crazy. Am I just inventing this? Where's this coming from? But I knew a certain terror in my system in relation to the masculine that this like trifecta of experiences within three months of each other, um, it was insane. I mean, so much trauma material was coming up. Now, I, I was dealing with it. I was being, you know, courageous. I was going to therapies. I was doing all the things that I do. The next relationship that I entered into mm, six to eight months later was an unsafe situation. It was a soulmate. It was, um, I know a mutual awakening. It was amazing the soul recognition. And so the, the thought in my, um, brain at the time was, Oh my gosh. Well, my partner's here. It's coming through, you know, an avenue that is so less than ideal, but I have to, I have to say yes, because, uh, because it's here and because I've wanted it this whole time. So I had unresolved masculine trauma in my system to say the least. And, and I also knew a lot, like I talked about masculine feminine all the time. Right. And so it was both. And like, I had figured out a lot and I still had a long way to go. And so that relationship was inherently unsafe. Why was I willing to make that decision? Look at this because I wanted safety. Because that was my projection of what I wanted from the masculine. I wanted to feel safe, secure. I wanted that, that masculine provision of presence. I wanted those things. This is what we want as women because it's what we've been collectively missing. And if someone, you know, if you can think my father might kill me, I mean, that's a deep, deep rift in the psyche, right? Like that is very, very unsafe. And so I, I said yes to an unsafe relationship because I wanted this man to prove to me that the masculine was safe. Okay. Of course, it's more complicated than that. But what I'm trying to do is show you how we do these projections, how we make these relationship decisions based in what we want to experience from the masculine. And you can guess that at the end of that relationship, I felt very, very unsafe. I felt very similar to how I felt when I felt oh, my life is in danger from my father. That's what I felt again. Now, the reasons that I felt that level of danger in my system were, um, yes, from this lifetime and yes, they were in ancestral. And then, you know, I worked on that for two plus years afterwards. 
right? So I just want to say that too, is that women, we are carrying the inheritance of the feminine before us. We are carrying the inheritance of um, lifetimes and lifetimes of women who did not have access to their own resources, women who did not have rights to their own body. My paternal grandmother did not have the rights to her own body from the time she was born, and um, and and she was being taken from um, in in a very violent way by the time, probably before she um, even had started her menstrual blood, her menstrual cycle. And so, you know, that's just two generations back. That's my father's mother. And so we inherit assumptions of the feminine. We inherit the effects of this destroyer program, this tyrant masculine, this false masculine, this consumer program. We inherit that in our cells, in our epigenetics, right? And, and thankfully, science has shown us that that's true. So these patriarchal traumas travel with us. And so many, many women right now um, are doing the work you know, of lineages. Now, I will say, one, you have a lot of unseen helpers, okay? Two, you, you don't have to be responsible for all of your ancestors' stuff. That's a whole other thing. Schedule a session if you want to talk about that. Um, you know, so you do not have to inherit the trauma of the lineage and do each and every ancestor's work for them because some of them quite frankly want you to and you don't you don't have to give over your um free will and your energy like that but you can work with well ancestors um and your own free free will and your sovereign source source connection to actually heal back um that line and lineage and say no more and so but that's big work you know it takes a long time again i'm, I'm referencing years worth of processing here so that brings me to how do we heal the trauma well and the projections we clean up our projections right so looking at what do i want from man masculine oh okay i want safety and then and then go through the process of asking yourself what that about you know go to the therapies feel safe in your body do embodiment practices um you know i really really love emdr and i really really love somatic based therapies so anything we're doing right now like if you know talk therapy alone mm -mm, it's not going to get to the body level where the trauma actually lives so yes you know like mix your modalities okay do all the things um and and that's why you know my work is trauma informed and we're working at the physical level absolutely and then we're also healing the trauma throughout the um emotional, mental, spiritual, you know, the light layers, the the uh, light body architecture, the soul blueprint, um, the cellular DNA, those kinds of things. So that's what's possible right now as you are doing this healing work, you know, like work it from all the angles. Um, and I think that's all I'm going to go into there um, about that. But, you know, we're working on inner masculine feminine union. We're working on inner wholeness, um, alchemy. So we have this separation matrix where masculine and feminine were split at the God level so long ago. And, and that really put a rift, you know, in 
each of us in our relationships. Um, and so while you're reigning in your relationship projections, be doing this work of masculine and feminine integration in your own psyche, in your own um soul in your own, you know, like even hemispheres of the body, right? Like the the left side is feminine, the right side is masculine. And when I I had this deep pattern in my body where where when the masculine was not integrated and I was looking for this external safety, this external provision of masculinity, the right side of my body didn't feel very strong. Um, it almost felt vacant in the energy field. And then the left side of the body always felt like it was taking on too much <laughs> and self-protecting. So that was the feminine. And I have, um, have had these chronic problems of tension in the left neck head shoulders back where where the feminine was just so afraid and it was holding in the body architecture that way and so you know we get clues on all levels what do i want from relationships how's my body doing um you know and where are the soul nudges where are the soul nudges like if your soul's telling you to stop dating and stop trying to find that perfect partner right now. Um, but you just keep doing that because you want to fill this void. Well, you're not following the soul nudge. And then that opportunity for integration that wants to happen isn't going to happen for you um, because you're distracting yourself. So where are you distracting yourself from what uh, needs to and wants to come through? And then the last thing that I'll mention in this section here is that, um, you know, we have this per, uh, pervasive victim victimizer complex in, um, in society, in our consciousness. And without going too deeply into this, this is, you know, if the feminist is suppressed and this tyrant masculine has power, then the consciousness will say something has power, something doesn't have power. And so you'll either be in victim mode, and many women are in victim mode, and then you'll be fighting for your power from a tyrant. Well, this is a false dichotomy to begin with because it's based in a separation thought form. And so, you know, as we come back to wholeness and, and choose sovereignty and choose love and choose this mother, father, God source connection, then we will have less and less and less of a need to tell those victim stories, to be in the victim consciousness, to try to fight for our power back. Because when we're fighting for our power back from the masculine, um, then, then we're not holding the benevolence of the, you know, the real masculine in our heart. We're just in defense of all of the masculine that has, um, you know, hurt or taken this tyrant masculine, um, the perpetrator. And um, this is to say, too, that women can absolutely be in the uh, tyrant, in the perpetrator role. Um, and that happens a lot as the pendulum swings and women feel something was taken from them. And so they swing the pendulum back um, in, in the other way. And they're like, well, I'm going to take my power back. But then they're actually um, in in that like 
perpetrator role. And that's really easy to do as women who, you know, have climbed career ladders are powerful, who, you know, think we know a lot. And then um, the masculine partner, I'm sorry, the male partner might be um, more in a feminine role. Um, we can pretty easily go into like a tyrant mode um, out of, you know, there's a lot of psychological anger and unrest in that situation. But I know I did that um, in my 20s with my my husband, my child's father. Um, so, you know, I was like... <laughs> um, I didn't even want all the power, but I was the one that was taking care of things. And so then I became angry in that, in that tyrant way as well. And so women do this, you know, we can do this. So we have the trauma and we need to be responsible for our projections with the trauma as well as um, cleaning up the trauma. And this is our work to do. Um, and, and we can't really like abscond that responsibility and say, well, it's just all men. No, like if trauma lives in me, it is my responsibility to, to heal the trauma and to be with my trauma, um, regardless of how it happened. Because I know that if I continue to tell a victim story, I'm making myself powerless and I'm not choosing my unified connection. I'm not choosing my wholeness and my healing, uh, which is really such a huge uh, shift for any woman coming into her power um, to say, you know, I'm not going to be a victim to this anymore. I'm not going to see myself as a victim to this anymore. I think I've talked about that before on the podcast as well. Okay, so topic number two, what's going on with men? I actually already talked about some things in this category. So we have our trauma of separation from source where we project our wants of the sacred masculine onto men. Okay, that's a big mistake because (laughs) that's a lot of pressure for the men um, and we're missing the point in what's possible for us, right? Um, I also talked about how we want men to show us the sacred masculine and um, and that projection and how that's just not effective. And then we need to ask ourselves um, what the sacred masculine is and, and walk toward that remembering. Um, so I'll actually share a story here um, because it's the podcast and I like to share stories. And I may have shared this story before here. Um, I think I've told it once or twice. And so forgive me if you've heard it. But it's really rich because I had spent years and years recovering Mary Magdalene. So growing up in a Methodist church where the feminine was suppressed, I really had a need to know that the feminine was um, important, you know, (laughs) worthy, um, you know, and then I learned so much looking at, um, specifically Mary Magdalene was the one that really called me and then, um, you know, mother Mary and Isis. And so I, my soul comes from that lineage, right? That, that rose lineage, that is seen lineage, um, that new true union and true Christ consciousness. And truly it's a part of my soul's mission here on the planet to walk toward that sacred remembrance, be so bold as to, you know, own these things out loud, right? Because that's um, absurd in some circles, right? And then say like, yes, you know, I've lived this active sacred remembrance such that I remember the essence of, um, 
you know, the goddess Isis, the, the sweetness of Mother Mary, the, um, you know, the, the boldness and courageousness and truth-telling and love and embodiment of union um, of Mary Magdalene. And so, I had spent years um, in mystery schools and, and just on my personal path recovering um, my remembrance of, of these women and this lineage. And I had... Um, at the time, I was told to call him Master Jesus, like Ascended Master Jesus, and Mary Magdalene on my altar in my home. And I had put her beside him, and I had an altar completely devoted to to union and to these expressions of it, right? Because they were a divine couple, and they are um, uh, their story was separated in um you know when when the bible was written um the gnostic texts had their story reflected but when the bible was written by the the politicians and the kings and um you know to serve those purposes um mary magdalene was um painted in a bad light let's say that because their union was the most powerful thing Okay, I'll go go on to say that um, it was their practices that allowed him to live in that light body while his body was taken. If you want more information on that, you can read the Magdalene manuscript. Um, and so, I had been recovering and reclaiming and remembering this information because it lives in me, and I had put Mary Magdalene beside Yeshua on the altar. And one night in the middle of the night, which sometimes my soul's got to wake me up in the middle of the night because I'm not paying attention during the day or something like that. So, a lot of information comes through in the middle of the night um, or <laughs> a lot. I was woken up and, you know, um, Master Jesus was like, uh, sit up, we've got some stuff to talk about. And I was like, mm, okay, uh, this is very, very clear. And so, we're having this conversation and he's like, look, it's been long enough. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing here. He's like, I'm really glad that um, you have resurrected her because she's everything to me. Like, yay, way to go. Thank you so much. And do you really know me? Do you know me, the man that you stood her beside and fought so hard to get her back beside me? Do you know my essence? Do you know my heart? And I was like, no, I don't. And he's like, right. I need you to remember that too. I need you to remember the masculine in that way. I need you to remember that love. And so, you know, that was a few more years of, um, of my path, um, and, and of course continues. And so that to say, we need this experience of our own remembering of the masculine and the masculine divine so that we stop making it so hard and so pressurizing for men. Now I'm going to say this next part in summary, because I've talked about this other places, um, Violetta Pleshakova, and I had a great conversation about this on her podcast called Another Paradigm. I believe I'm episode six on that podcast. And we talk about like what's going on with men um, at this time. And, and we talk about it um, in a way that I remember <laughs> being really clear and good. So Men, okay, like let's look. And and again, I'm being I am being uh general and I'm 
Why am I saying this? Okay, so why is it unfair to project onto men? Please show me the sacred masculine. Like, why are men not able to do this right now? Or like, what, what's going on with them collectively? So women, we have been given permission to, you know, um, heal some trauma, um, be increasingly emotionally intelligent. And I'm talking about collectively, right? Like in society. So while women were suppressed and painted kind of in a bad light for a long time, we also have certain permissions to be with emotionality. Um, Many of us reclaiming the feminine have reclaimed intuition. We've reclaimed large parts of emotional intelligence. Check it out. Have our brothers been given that same permission culturally? No. Men are shamed for being emotional if they're emotional. Um, you know, we don't teach these things in schools. We don't, we don't teach like emotional intelligence and character really um, in enough schools. And so, um, you know, it's like, where are men going to learn this? And as women begin to learn this, like there's a lot of projected anger at partners, spouses, like, oh my gosh, I can't feel you. Why can't I feel your emotions? Well, they haven't been culturally permitted to. Now, so there's just this timeline thing, right? Like how long has it been socially acceptable for a woman to know herself deeply versus how long has it been socially acceptable for a man to know himself deeply? Like women have had a longer timeline in that as I see it. Okay. We also have more resources for that. I think it's more socially acceptable for a woman to go to therapy than a man. I think we have these stigmas, right? So also men aren't (laughs) the, like if they're a predominantly masculine man, they don't need to be in their feminine a lot of the time. They don't need to be highly emotional creatures. They don't, you know, we, we need, we need strong men. We don't need feminine men. And so, um, you know, men can go through men's groups and, and rites of passages as an adult because we're also missing rites of passage as, um, as children widely in our, our society. So all of that's going on. You know, I think men, and this is what Violetta said in the podcast, she pointed out, she's like, men are comfortable with their privilege a lot of the time, which is true, right? So there's, there's not, um, always an incentive for, for a man to change, um, like how he participates in the dominator culture, the consumption culture. Okay. Um, So that's going on. And then we have the mother wound in men, right? So men were separated from the feminine also in a really big way. Like they didn't know the Holy Mother. I mean, if they were raised um, with Mother Mary, you know, at least there was a mother. Like um, in, in Methodist, like we didn't even celebrate Mother Mary. I don't even like to say we, I'm not a Methodist. Um, but in that church that I grew up, grew up in, you know, Mother Mary was like, not even like mentioned. It was like the, you know, anyway, we know that story. So, the masculine has been separated from the feminine too. And when I say it that way, my heart feels that. And I'm wondering if you can feel that too. There is a loss. There's a loss. Like if a man is, is told, always be strong, 
always have the power. Do not let that power slip. He's missing the feminine. He's missing his relationship to the softness, to the heart, to being loved for who he is. And that pressure, that level of pressure to just be strong, to just have it together, we have perpetuated that on our men and women have perpetuated that on our men for thousands and thousands of years. And so, you know, and and that's how we as women perpetuate the mother wound onto our men, onto our sons, these expectations that they be, you know, um, emotionally stoic, always there for you, always perfect, not showing their, their flaws. Okay. And so where you're perpetuating that, you know, you want to do some work on that as well, because it's not helping a man to come into his, um, yeah, like I would say it's an, it's an inhibitor right? Anytime we're projecting (laughs) or um, just operating in our subconscious toward one another, it's an inhibitor toward one another's growth. So again, let's do this walk of masculine and feminine integration inside of ourselves so that um, we're not projecting and so that we can come back to remembrance of something bigger, of something greater, if we can stop the projections of things like trauma and safety and and instead say huh i wonder what loving the the masculine feels like i wonder what loving the feminine feels like i wonder what that expression feels like that's that's more open that's regenerative that is beyond safety or not safety that's possibility do you feel that do you feel that so the trauma is going to keep us stuck in separation. Like trauma is going to keep us stuck in survival, in projection. And the opening of the heart to say, what are these other expressions? Let me remember them. That's going to take us on a journey. And all we need to do is ask that question. And the soul begins to go, oh, now they're ready to remember. I'm going to take them on that journey. Okay. So it's as easy as that. All right. Now for part number three, and I'm already like double the amount of time that I'm allowed on Advaya. So it is really good to be here with you. And um, I know that this is going a little bit long, but I hope it's serving you. So we want to talk about moving beyond trauma and going into unity. And I was just speaking to that. Um, This... (sighs) Moving beyond the separation that the trauma keeps us in. Am I safe? Am I not safe? Um, am I, am I victim? Am I victimizer? You know, like those, all of those polarities exist in a separation matrix. So what happens when we want to move into unity? Well, all right. Here we go. Here we go. This is what we're doing. And women, this, this is what we're doing. So when I say words on this podcast, like sovereign woman, unified heart, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us healing the trauma, coming into these sovereign energetics around our energy, our life force and masculine feminine, and then coming back into the heart and loving men by seeing their heart. 
just seeing their heart. We don't need to fix them. We don't need to analyze them. We don't need to mother them. We don't need to heal their trauma. We don't need to dictate what they need to do next. We just need to love them. And I'm really, I'm, I'm talking about a high standard woman, but I know that we can do this. I know that we can. I'm walking this. I know that I feel so, so much fucking better now that these things like that the masculine and feminine are integrated into union in me to say that, to feel this energetic is amazing to know that the trauma is is largely healed to know that I can look at men in love. It is liberating. It is wholeness. It is joy. It is the woman that I want to be. And I know that it is the way that we lead and move this earth forward. Let me say that again. Women, this is the way we lead. This is feminine leadership. Feminine leadership comes from the heart. And this is a really tall order right now. It's a really big assignment. If you're listening this far into this podcast, this is for you. We're on assignment. We're on assignment to remember. And I am telling you, I get it because the amount of trauma that I have had to transmute and heal without apologies, without um, a man ever coming back to say, I'm so sorry I treated you like that. I didn't get that, okay? Because my soul was like, Sarah, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to figure this out. There wasn't retribution. There was blame. There was attack. There was projection onto me. And even though that had happened, it still didn't feel good to be traumatized, to hold myself back, to make myself small, to be the victim, to, to wait for apology. Like, I knew that union was the way forward. And so that's what I kept doing. And you can do that too. You can do that too. So we have a very huge role right now on the planet. But I heard Lila June say in this course, I don't know where the quote originally came from, but Lila June said, if the women can heal, so too can the world. If the women can heal, so too can the world. That may have been the Diné people that said that. I can't be sure in this moment. I apologize. But that is so huge and it is so true. Because if we can go through healing our trauma, remembering union, and then standing in front of men and loving them, we can do fucking anything. We can change the world. And when we do this, we stand in a new frequency of the feminine. We stand as women in a unity frequency where we are energetically clear. We are energetically clear. What do you think happens in our brothers when we are energetically clear? There are no more games. There's no more taking because we know that the answer is just clear. No. We teach reciprocity by being. We teach reciprocity by being so clear in our expectations of energy exchange that we accept nothing less. Do you see? So we cannot teach these things to our brothers if we are still in trauma and saying, Please treat me right. 
Because energetically, that exchange still has permission to be in the consumer and the destroyer program because you are still seeing yourself as a victim and you're not a victim. So the feminine can return to the wild. The feminine can be the wild feminine when she feels safe to do so, when she has integrated the masculine, when she is whole unto herself, when she is so deeply secure in her relationship with the masculine, in her relationship with the feminine, that she is able to go so deep into the soul's truth of who she is and bring that truth forward, which is exactly what the world needs. It's exactly what the world needs. And that wild feminine will evoke the hearts of men, which is what we have needed because the hearts of men have been repressed in patriarchy as well. So that feminine, when she is embodied, she evokes the hearts of men. She sees the hearts of men. It's just that clear. She loves herself. She loves other people. And that's, that's the story. She, she walks around transmuting any energetic of negativity, any energetic of, um, victim, victimizer. It, she's just not having it. It's just not truth. And so she's not participating in it. She is sovereign. She is sacred. She is free. This will lead to amazing relationships. This leads to prosperity. This leads to, you know, um, <laughs> union with God. You, it, it leads to so, so much. And it also leads to a very natural forgiveness. And I want to end with this point. So as women with masculine-related trauma, it would be very different, difficult to just forgive men. However, if you walk this path of integration and just doing your work, right, and your integration, then what happens is forgiveness is very natural. So when I was doing this work of falling in love with the king and the masculine essence, one day, whew, this um, I feel emotion as I say this. One day, my father appeared before me as a child. And I'm crying right now because of the utter compassion that I feel toward this man that I don't have resolution with in this, in this adult life. I don't, um, you know, he hasn't been able to, to do his work um, in the way that I would authentically need in order for us to really have a relationship. And so... Anyway, the, the adult humans have their stuff, right? And I've never gotten an I'm sorry. He can't own what he has done. Because to own what he has done would require him to acknowledge and own what was done to him. And an aunt came forward in, in 2019 and told me what that looked like when they were children. And so I know from her stories the amount of the atrocities that happened to my father, the amount of, of domination, the amount of abuse, the amount of um, dehumanizing that was done to him. 
And so that behavior in him unresolved, the unresolved traumas perpetuate, they pass on, that's intergenerational trauma. He didn't deal with it in this lifetime. And yes, he perpetuated it. I couldn't, if I was a traumatized woman and years ago when I wanted so desperately for him to own it so that I could forgive him, he couldn't own it. I didn't know how to forgive him. When you get to this point of of integration with with the masculine in the heart, what happened was forgiveness was natural. And so this little boy showed up in front of me you know I've, I've seen a couple of pictures of what my father looked like as a little boy and and he showed up in front of me and I just cried for him for what he had endured and then of course that leads to forgiveness so is my father as an adult accountable yes has he been able to do that? No. Do we have a relationship as a result? We don't, right? Because that's my sovereignty. But my heart knows how that man got into that position. And that love and compassion that I feel for him back down the line, I know that that also heals down the line. So, all right, this was a very big episode, very long Thank you for listening. I would love to get your reflections. If something has popped, I'm sure much has popped uh, for you in this exploration. Don't forget to go to sarahpoet.com and schedule a call. If you are just ready for a session, you just want to have a healing session, you just want to dive into one thing in 75 minutes, just schedule that. That's called a soul alignment session. And if you want to um, just have this 15-minute chat, get more comfortable, um, then then go ahead and schedule that. But if, if you're ready to dive in, let's dive in. I also do 90-day um, and 180-day, um, so three months and six-month um, you know, space-holding uh, healing alchemical packages as well. So... Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for walking your journey of integration. And it's my pleasure to deliver tools and resources for you um, on your journey. You can find more and, of course, schedule at sarahpoet.com. And don't forget to um, check out that membership with a lot of rich resources for your journey in there as well. So much love. Come on back next week. We're going to be continuing on with... Uh, Debbie Grace and talking more about um, soulmate relationships and the misunderstandings that we have around those and then coming back um, into more availability for union. So um, it is the time for union on this planet. We know that. So let's heal this trauma, step into union, and let's bolster our understandings of what's coming through for relationships so that we can be um, better equipped to stand in these unions that do want to come forward and um, and and how powerful they are. And so we want to be able to do, take care of them and and, um, and not live in the trauma and project the trauma onto these sacred, sacred relationships that, um, that want to come through. And so I'm here for you for that as well. And I'm really excited to bring Debbie Grace, who was here earlier in the fall, um, back for another episode next week. So I will 
See you then. Talk to you soon. So much love. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.